0: As you will hear several times over the next 15 to 20 minutes, New Orleans came into the offseason $30 million over the cap, which led Luke and I to believe it was unlikely they would be able to sign Derek Carr. Despite the rumors to the contrary, as Luke and I continue to learn salary caps apparently don't actually mean anything, New Orleans completed a series of contract restructurings, worked their way back under the cap, pushing their problems into the future, and signed Derek Carr to a contract contract. Unfortunately, all of that stuff happened after we recorded this podcast, so do keep that in mind as you listen. Still think there's a lot of good information in there. Check it out. Let us know what you think. Welcome to the Half Yard Line. I'm Tim. I'm Luke. And this is another of our 2022 season wrap, 2023 off-season preview, team-by-team, Thirty-two in all. Recaps, podcasts. call podcasts? Discussions,
1: fireside chats, analyses, fireside chats. Fuck no, we're not calling them. <laughs> we're also recording <laughs> we're this going, at ten in the morning. We can't have a fireside
0: chat at ten in the morning. Well, I'm I am sitting next to a fireplace as it sits. <laughs> oh, I so, see. No, all right, fine. So as we do not have a fireside chat about the NFL today, please do follow us on the socials at half yard line pod on Twitter and Instagram HalfyardLinePod at gmail.com. If you prefer the email route, we'd love to interact with our listeners in that way. Um, we are finishing up our tour around the NFC South. So if you've not listened to all of the NFC South podcast, you have work to do and you're out of order. Shame on you. Uh, but finishing up the NFC South We are heading way down south to New Orleans, Louisiana to talk about the Saints. Man, what an interesting team this has become in the last couple years of the Sean Payton tenure and then with his obviously not coaching the last year. um, They lost Drew Brees to retirement and did weird things, Luke. So maybe we can talk about what the outcome of those weird things has been. What what happened in 2022?
1: Yeah, you spoke about We've the fact that we've put out NFC South podcast. This is the last of of the four. Honestly, if you haven't listened to the other ones, you can listen to this and just replace the word Saints with the word Buccaneers, Panthers, <laughs> Falcons. You get much the same. Uh, actually, Falcons a little different because of the cap space situation. But a strangely parallel series of off seasons coming up, which makes sense given that three of the four teams in this division were seven and ten, and none of them won more games than they lost a year ago. Um, for the Saints themselves. The, the post-Payton era has begun, as you mentioned. Dennis Allen is the head coach there. Started three different quarterbacks, NFC South theme alert. They went 7-10, and 10, NFC South theme alert. Although it took winning three of the last four to get to seven wins. So a late surge after uh, not as impressive parts of the early season and blowing that uh, Monday night game to Tampa Bay, which kind of opened the door to the NFC South title for Tom Brady in his final year. Offense not very good, average fewer than twenty points per game. The defense was pretty good; they averaged they allowed about the same points per game as the Eagles, and they were second best in pass defense a year ago. Only had fourteen turnovers though. NFC South theme alert, but this team was top ten, top five in sacks. However, bottom ten in third down conversions allowed as a percentage so kind of a a a little bit up and down on the defensive side of the ball but it was very mixed bag yeah but the the end the end result was pretty solid so that wasn't the side of the ball that that caused them many problems as you'd probably expect with a defensive head coach like uh, dennis Allen. they're 30 million dollars over the cap for this year um ye gods is what i wrote next to that and there are some rough ones in there michael thomas that contract is you know. Now, in infamy, basically, Taysom Hill is $13 million against the cap this year, despite being whatever he is. Um, they've got Cam Jordan on $25 you They've got Marshawn Lattimore over 20000000 million. You've got Pete, Andrews, Pete, 18 So some big numbers in that bunch for the Saints to navigate. They have got eight draft picks this year, including two fives. However, the first round pick that they would have, number 10, uh, They don't have because they traded it to Philadelphia last year in order to move up and draft Chris Olave, who looks great, but ouch, that that hurts. Um, You could be picking 10th and you are not. You're now picking 29th. This is a pick that's had an interesting route. I was like the old, where did the pick come from? It's actually San Francisco's pick originally, though you'd be forgiven for not remembering that. San Francisco traded it to Miami as part of the Trey Lance deal. Trey really Lance, yeah. Miami traded it to Denver so they could get Bradley Chubb during the season. And then the lesser seen trade of a pick for a coach, Denver sent this pick to New Orleans so that they could acquire Sean Payton. So massive win for the Saints because that's the definition of money for nothing. The extra five comes from trading C.J. Gardner-Johnson to Philadelphia. The Saints last year, Tim, I'll be honest, this wasn't a team that I saw as much of as I did others. I felt like they were just stumbling and bumbling around the QB Carousel, that was the NFC South last season, certainly found its way down on the bayou. I didn't expect a huge amount from this team necessarily, but I thought they would I thought they would start Jameis Winston and have a kind of fun, crazy offense. He's that chaotic, good quarterback that we all enjoy so much. They didn't really go down that route. Going into this season, that that position's a complete mystery to me as well. Last season. A few promising green shoots, but in the main, underwhelming, although I didn't have huge expectations for them going in. I think this was one of the weaker divisions on paper before the season began.
0: Yeah, I think that's right, Luke. I mean, as you look back at the season that was, um, you know, never really got anything going on offense to speak of, Taysom Hill running this Cordell Stewart-ish slash role, uh, there were times you'd put him and another quarterback on the field. You put him in at quarterback, and he did have some. There were some games where Tyson Hill would go crazy. There were some games, some plays you would look at and go, "Wow, that was crazy." But on the whole, it wasn't sustainable. It was real gimmicky. It is very expensive for a gimmicky type thing that they've got going on. Alvin Kamara actually had a decent year, um, you know, but you got questions about him going into the off season uh, with his legal situation. Um, the, I don't know. Uh, you look at this and you go, wh- why are we here? How did we get here? And then how do we get out of here? If you're a Saints fan.
1: For sure. And the NFC South needs wise. I feel like we've repeated the same thing over and over again. They need a quarterback. Wait, wait, wait.
0: me stop. You lose. No, Hang on. Okay.
1: Is it quarterback Wide receiver, yeah. defensive backfield? It, it, unbelievably, Tim. Those are the three that I had circled. Like, amazing that you knew that. Uh, it's almost like we've recorded these other ones before. Yeah, quarterback. a Tried and true NFL discussion. You need a quarterback. I mean, this team needs a quarterback. They need anyone. Taysom Hill's not a quarterback. We, Everyone knows this, apart from Sean Payton. Um, they cannot cut and him. He was going to be the next Steve Young, according to He's, Sean Payton. He, Steve they, Young. If they cut him, it's a twenty-three, almost twenty-four million dollar dead cap hit. They have to take to cut him. I mean, ridiculous. So you're basically paying. They're paying almost fourteen million dollars this year. To sorry, they're, they, the cap hit is almost fourteen million dollars this year for Taysom Hill, who is a the cash is too gimmicky. Yeah, sorry, good point. He's a gimmicky tight end slash running back slash occasional wildcat quarterback, and you're paying him almost fourteen million bucks, which is insane. But whatever. Dalton's a free agent. He's you know not the guy. A lot of love for the Red Rifle. He's not the guy at this stage of his career. They have Jameis on the roster. They clearly don't want him. So you've got to imagine he'll be a cap casualty. You can save about four million by cutting him. You've got to imagine that's that's a certainty. I had wide receiver, of course, mentioned Michael Thomas. He's going to be goal at some point in this offseason, just about the timing, really. They restructured his contract end of last year to so make the cut less painful for the team. Only... Olave and Alvin Kamara, who we mentioned is uh, potentially looking at a suspension, cleared 50 catches last year, so they have nobody else. They signed Jarvis Landry as a free agent. That didn't really pan out. He's a free agent again. I think Traequan Smith might get cut too. And at the safety position, they only have Tyran Matthew under contract for next year. So they need a person to play safety. That would be helpful. It's uh, one of the 11 positions you require to field the defense. The other one is running back. Not just because of the Kamara situation, although obviously that's huge because I you know, I don't want to talk about the the whys and wherefores of the, the video and the charges and all that stuff, but on field, he is the most talented player on your offense, and you have nobody else behind him. So even if he is able to play next season and doesn't get suspended, you don't have anybody else, and he's not as well suited to being an every down back. They used to roll with Mark Ingram a lot when early in his career they then brought Ingram back. But he needs either a, a running back. Not Eno Benjamin. I actually quite like Eno Benjamin, but it's yeah, you need another another person back there either to take the load because you don't think Kamara's going to play, or if he is playing, a complimentary piece. Um, Tim, the NFC South needs charts. Bingo card has been ticked off. I think there. Did you have any other positions they could they could look to strengthen?
0: No, I mean, listen, you nailed them. I mean, the, the, this team could strengthen just about anything, right? I, when you have a division like this and I say division like this, you could reply to any of the teams other than Tampa who did this quarterback thing. When when you can play this many different quarterbacks and not have anybody who's having any success, certainly you need better quarterbacks, but the rest of the team is part of the problem, right? You got to have guys to throw to. You got to have guys to block. You got to have guys to hand the ball off to to take the pass rush deck uh, down a notch. You got to have play calling that that protects your passer. You There are ways to get production out of meh quarterbacks. And right. I don't believe for a minute the NFC South found fifteen guys who are incapable of making things happen at the quarterback position. And so we we talk a lot about quarterback call it what you want, scheme, coaching, play calling, blocking. Um there are ways to get better and, and certainly I think this team is one that could work on all of those areas. Uh but as far as positions of need, you you name the players that they, they have got to get production out of the key positions in football. And you've, you've listed them well.
1: Well, thank you for that, Tim. But yeah, I t- certainly agree. The strange thing for them is the offensive line is is very good and it's pretty much set. So if you're dropping in skill position players behind a good offensive line, you know that's very, very helpful. Um, the free agents that they have to be not an overwhelming group. I think there's a lot of these players, a lot of teams have this where it's a guy like, you'd like to bring him back. Um, because he's like either you drafted him or he's been solid in the role but you may not have the money i mean the saints just don't really have any to spend bradley robey is probably the biggest name on the list maybe you'd be interested in bringing him back but i don't think they can david on has been a solid rotational player on the defensive line for them for a few years and the other one is shy tuttle similarly playing that kind of rotational defensive line role Mentioned at the top, their top five in sacks a year ago. You know neither of those guys is an overwhelming pass rush force, but they give you depth, they give you rotation, they know what they're doing. I think these are guys they would ideally like to bring back if they could, but I don't know if they will. Jawan Johnson is the other one. He is a tight end who had a productive year, a lot of a lot of touchdown catches. He's not your prototypical number one tight end. He's not the Jimmy Graham of, of yesteryear, but he was also productive. And similar with Caden Ellis, um, the outside linebacker who showed some promise as well in that pass rush department. So a few guys leaving that are more, it would be great if we could keep them. I'm not sure if they can because of the money. And they're not guys who are going to overwhelm you with the eye-popping numbers or the superstar potential. I think these are more just, it would be nice if we could keep these guys.
0: Yeah, they're free agency class to me, Luke, read like, I don't know it was 2016 again right you got Bradley Roby Jarvis Landry Andy Dalton Mark Ingram yeah Daniel Sorensen David Johnson I mean like these are all 30 plus guys who are you know either at the end of or past their primes um, I, they had nobody falling off this list that I thought oh my god they've got to go keep on the list beyond the ones you named but it, it's they in, in in some ways maybe that's beneficial that you gotta mm. have some of these guys rolling off at this point. Um, you would think their caps position would be better than it is as a result. But um, you yeah. know, moving on from some guys. Marquez Callaway is a name that I've always liked. He's a restricted free agent. I expect they'll keep him around. Um, he's not been able to do the things that they thought he would do when they brought him in. Um, but how much of that's him and how much of that's the quarterback and the situation around would be interesting to know. So that's that's one that I would focus on.
1: Yeah, that's a fair point. It's it's hard to evaluate receivers with bad quarterback play, generally speaking, so um don't disagree on that front. The cut candidates list is pretty long, but it's not big savings. Um I had a plenty of guys down, but you talk about Jameis, that's four million. Carl Granderson, who is a rotational defensive end, is a four million dollar saving. But as we mentioned, their losing pieces are on the defensive line already to free agency. Do you go down that route? Traquan Smith is one and a half million. The big savings really come from restructures, probably. Latimore, Cam Jordan, can you save some money by restructuring and pushing some money into future years? I think they'll look to explore that. Michael Thomas, we've already mentioned him as the other big name, has scarcely played since they signed him to that enormous contract when he set the NFL record for catches in a season a few years ago. A lot of injury problems, some classic cryptic tweets about happiness and all that kind of stuff, but uh, he's not a guy that's going to be on the roster next year. They restructured his deal at the end of last season basically to enable them to cut him without the team getting destroyed on the cap this year. If you look at the uh the old spot rack or over the cap or your your calculator of choice right now it will show you that he's got a 13.5 million dollar cap hit and to cut him would cost 26 million dollars. Now what they actually did was restructure his deal so that after June 1st for those that don't know if you designate a player as a cut candidate or a post June 1 cut I should say the cap Calculation is slightly different, so it can be more beneficial for the team. So you'll see that rolled out for a lot of these guys who get released um, over the course of the offseason. They can have a net saving of $2 million. So the post-June one dead cap is 11, 11 to $12 million bucks. So they'll save $2 million versus not cutting him. He's not going to be on the roster next year. He's not playing. Um, the problem for them is even if they do do that, all they're doing is punting the money into future years. You still owe him the cash. So the 14 million bucks that you're not paying him right now in order to get under the cap, you're paying him next year, which is pretty brutal for the Saints. Um, but as I say, the rest of them onesie twosies, as far as gap filling goes, they've been really strongly linked to Derek Carr. I I can understand why, because if you drop a quarterback into this situation, I think he could do very well. I've got no earthly concept of where people are getting the idea that they can afford this. They have negative cap space. Derek Carr is allegedly holding out for something in the $35 million plus range. Now, whether he gets that or not is a different thing, but quarterbacks are not cheap. I'm not sure how they're freeing up the money. The only other free agency position they could look to investigate, again if they're somehow able to generate some funds, would be safety. It's quite a deep safety class from a free agency standpoint. You've got Jesse Bates, you've got Von Bell, who's obviously an ex-Saint, Jordan Poyer, Adrian Amos, Jimmy Ward, Nasir Adderley, Juan Thornhill. There's a lot of guys out there that they could look to bring in to add some ball production to the defense and improve that that poor turnover rate. Um, I don't think, Tim, that this roster is a million miles away from being competitive if you drop in a few key pieces. The problem is how are you going to drop in a few key pieces when you have absolutely no cap space and you're picking very late in the first round, which maybe means you have to forego that quick turnaround. Don't know if you had any final thoughts on now, Linz, before we get out of here.
0: My final thoughts on New Orleans is the world is better when this team is better. So we need to get it back that way. They have some of the most fun fans in football. Um, It's, it's a, a a really fun place to go
1: watch a game. It's a fun place
0: to be. I think we're playing next year. Actually,
1: I think the Titans are playing in New Orleans next year. If I'm not
0: mistaken, could be, I'm telling you, we've got to get it sorted uh, in New Orleans, but no, it's going to be an interesting turnaround. The roster to your point isn't bad. There's, there's talent on this team. Uh, but the pieces that they're missing have been pivotal. So it will be interesting to see if they can either improve them or, um, make strides and, and get more production out of the people that they've got. So that'll do it for us here on the half yard line podcast, looking at new Orleans and the NFC South do come back. We have 31 more of these. Uh, so if you haven't listened to all of them, get cracking. We've got about half of them posted at this point. The other half still to come appreciate all of the listenership. Do follow us on the socials at Half Yard Line Pod, halfyardlinepod at gmail.com. Like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the things. You can do it on all of the apps. You know, that's even better if you want to follow us on Spotify and <laughs> I Apple. Don't, and I Amazon. don't think they're that
1: primitive. I think they've worked that one out, but yeah. No. Sh- Clear cookies sh- and vote it. again or whatever it is they used to ask you to do for the Pro Bowl.
0: That's right. That's right. So uh, we appreciate all of those things.
1: But until the next time, good luck laissez les bon temps rouler, brothers and sisters what the hell <laughs>